Welcome to That Happiness Show. I am Gemma Fassett, host and creator. I bring you my 25 years experience in finding happiness. You are the creator of your reality and thus you do create your happiness too. This is no longer about chasing the dream, but learning to stand in your power and receive. I am frequency expert, artist, teacher, and grateful mommy, here to guide you with the tools, ideas, and education around raising your frequency, learning to be present, and finding the happiness you deserve. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, welcome. This is Gemma, and I am thrilled to be here with you today. We have some other voices coming in in the background. I have my window open, so we're just going to flow with it. We're just going to go with it. It's fine. It's the neighbors are having work done. And along my window is an alley. If it turns out to be a radio or something, I will get up and shut it. But I just love the fresh air. I want to have fresh air. So voices are fine. All right. So today... I want to look closer at one of the Pima Chodron entries in her little pocketbook. And um, it's called Being Big and Small at the Same Time. I was once invited to teach with Sakyong. Oh my gosh, I cannot pronounce his names. Sakyong Mifam Rimpok, my teacher's eldest son, in a situation where it wasn't exactly clear what my status was. Sometimes I was treated as a big deal who should come in through a special door and sit in a special seat, then I'd think, okay, I'm a big deal. I'd start running with that idea and come up with big deal notions about how things should be. Then I get the message, oh, no, no, no. You should just sit on the floor and mix with everybody and be one of the crowd. Okay, so now the message was that I should just be ordinary, not set myself up or be a teacher. But as soon as I was getting comfortable with being humble, I would be asked to do something special that only big deals did. This was a painful experience because I was always being insulted and humiliated by my own expectations. As soon as I was sure how it should be, so I could feel secure, I would get a message that it should be the other way. Finally, I said to Sakyong, this is really hurting. I just don't know who I'm supposed to be. And he said, well, you have to learn to be big and small at the same time. Whew, imagine that. Um, so it's interesting because like I got a flag right where I noticed he said he was being insulted and humiliated by his own expectations. So maybe another piece of that, because see, we all have bigness and smallness in us. We all know how to play small. It's so funny. I'm reading this because I just asked a friend about this yesterday with her relationship. Um, wow. Okay. So. This is amazing. All right, so this is definitely where I'm supposed to be right now today is talking about this message. So humiliated by my own expectations. So this is where we get in trouble is these expectations. What are your expectations on any given outcome, you know, on any given situation and outcome? What are those expectations? Now, I prefer at this point to follow the inspired action without expectation, you know, I do my little M's, my little five to 15 minute things that turn into half hour to two hours and it's fine, but I'm only taking it one moment at a time. This is how I do something. I don't say, oh, I just realized this is going to take me three hours to hem this like pants of mine. Um, am I still in? I don't do it that way. I'm like, you know what? I've got, I can work another 15 minutes, another M, another M, another M, but I'm always checking in with myself to see if the inspired action is to stay with it. 
or if it's to go do something else. And this is what is serving me so well. If I check in with my thoughts or comfort, I would never get anything done (coughs) because I don't find comfort a lot of times in doing things. I find comfort in, in not doing, right? I mean, in the temperature being just perfect, the clothes being just perfect, uh, everything, you know, um, having some sort of, you know, drink or maybe even a sugary drink if I'm going for comfort. Um, so I don't, comfort isn't the ideal for me. The ideal is to stay in the inspired action, regardless whether it says go to bed, uh, have some downtime. Uh, so do art, I just check in, check in, check in, check in. Now, at the level at which I'm doing the maintenance on my frequency, because frequency is a choice, uh, at the level at which I'm doing my frequency determines um, how high level my inspired action is going to be. So that's important too. But let's go back to this thing. Um, It's funny because this has been, it's so weird that I would read this and then do a podcast on it because if I read it and wasn't doing the podcast, I wouldn't be going as deep as I am. And the reason is, is because lately this has been popping up for me. Okay. So I have my Bella, my daughter, she's 11 and she's starting to really, uh, be obstinate. She's starting to have her own opinions. And the other day I asked her to get another backpack for her things because it wasn't all fitting into one bag and there was a lot of loose things or there would, could, could have been, would have been right. And I just said, get another bag to put the loose things in. And she's like, no. And, um, so it went back and forth and, um, it just, it got to the point where I was just like, this is like not helpful having Bella argue points, um, when I'm responsible for getting her to her dad's on time and making sure everything flows smoothly. And what I realized later, cause I told Bella when she got out of the car at her dad's, I told her, cause I told her we're not arguing anymore before that, but then there was still, she's still being argumentative. Now, a lot of people might just chalk this up to her being an adolescent, <clears throat> but what I see in this is a lesson for both of us to recognize and something I have been very, it's a lesson I went through before in my, in my human experience. And it just seems like now it's coming up for Bella to learn it. (coughs) And that is that in any given situation, you have one leader, you can't have two leaders. And a leader is the person who makes the decisions. And then the people under the leader are the ones that follow through. So what I told Bella when I dropped her off is I said, next time you argue or next time, was it argue? Yeah, I guess I used the word argue, but I meant next time she like contradicts me, then she would just go wait in the car and, um, and she, she would go wait in the car and I would do everything and get everything done and pack her the way I felt like packing her and stuff like that. And she said, okay, but I think after I dropped her off and I realized that I had to, so that let go of the situation. So now I wasn't butting heads with my kid anymore, even though nothing's happened yet. But I, I foresaw not butting heads with her. You know, I would just remove her from the equation. But so that was very helpful to me to be able to get to this next step, which was understanding what the real confrontation was. And the real confrontation has to do with leadership. Now, do I believe 
My daughter's ready to step into a leadership role? In some circumstances, yes. In getting her out the door for daddy's house, not so much. There's a lot entailed in that. <coughs> um, and while she might be able to do herself, she can't do the big picture. And the big picture is what I'm juggling. So, um, then, so what I realized was that she is in a way stepping into her ability to be a leader, although not even recognizing that's what she's doing. So leaders are the ones that take, um, the lead, literally take the lead. So my daughter's taking the lead on some things while, she's taking the lead, but not taking control of the whole picture. And that's where therein lies the problem. So I guess this is going to be a great discussion for Bella and I to have about leadership roles and uh, getting ready in the morning. Now, it's interesting because this play small, play big thing, you know, she doesn't want to play small. But I got to tell you, I love, I love letting someone else take the lead and I can just take care of myself and do, okay, so I take care of myself and I don't have to make any big decisions. I don't have to be the one making those decisions. So I love it when someone else takes the lead. I have no problem with handing it over. I used to have a similar problem as what we read in this thing where you get caught up in one or the other. And because I used to always take a lead and you know, I got to say, it was really fortunate to my mom that I learned how to take a lead or take take a back step, you know, take a step back and let someone else lead because my mom often would come in to lead. But when she wasn't there, I had to take the lead. So that gave me this ability to go between the two effortlessly. Um, so now it's time for my daughter to learn that. And, and that will be really, really great. And if she is ready to take the lead then my God, that's amazing. And she will. So I recently asked my friend about this in a relationship she's in. And I was just curious. I just wondered, is it, you know, cause I wondered, do I have friends who are adept at, at like doing their own healing and recognizing when they have to take steps? Are they able to do that while in relationship <clears throat> and stay in their power? And I was very curious. So I asked her, if working with um, her friend, uh, her significant other, if she was able to stay in her power or did she play small and to make him not feel, you know, I don't know, threatened. And because this has been a real kind of tug of war for me uh, in relationships. It's like, what do you, is one thing kinder than the other or is I, it's just kind of perplexing to me. And it was so lovely to hear her answer that she was very aware of it. And she was very aware of having done both in, um, in the past playing small and staying in her power. And that now, you know, she's, she's staying in her power and it's actually, it's actually okay. It's not threatening to this person. So that was really beautiful for me to hear because I've been given a lot of messages in my life that playing in your power is threatening to people and it doesn't work for them. So, mm, yeah, there's that. Oh my goodness. So 
this is all like fascinating. Like, are you playing small in some areas of your life, big in others? Are you being your true self? And can we play small and big and still be in our power? And I say, yes, we can. Because playing small, it just means that you're not um, necessarily activating other aspects of yourself, right? The highest, you know, the, the biggest, like, what would you call it? The, uh, the big, uh, money rollers, right? You're not activating those. You're, you're, you're the watcher. You're present. You're, we can be watcher. We can be present in both. Um, but we don't have to assert ourselves. We don't have to show power through status, so to speak. Oh, this is so fascinating to me. And I'm loving that I'm getting to dive into this because I'm going to be looking at it with Bella very soon and discussing it with her. And I want her to be able to step into her power and take the lead in the house if that's the case. You know, it's so funny how in certain families that shift happens at the at the fault of another person almost. Like someone gets sick and someone else takes the lead who normally wouldn't and then they have to keep it because the person doesn't get better. And these kind of situations, there's a, there's a sadness that can come with it where the person who got sick feels sad um, or they feel that they've lost an aspect of themselves or the relationship. And what if it's just done in love? What if it's just done in kindness? Um, and what if it's not about like manipulation or power, you know, like a status? What if it's not about that anymore? What if we can just do what has to be done? And if we are able and willing and ready and we step into the power place to do our part, but then give it back if it's not needed, you know? And I learned that very much as a child. Thank you, mom. So that was like a powerful tool because when I see someone come on who who has the... um the will, the, the credentials and, uh, the whatever to step into the lead, then I will gladly give the lead away. The lead is a lot of work. It's a lot of responsibility. And I very happily give it to the next person who really wants to take that position. That's fine with me. But if that position doesn't exist, if that person, if that person, I should say, doesn't exist, then I will do what has to be done. And that's fine. So this whole idea of expectation, don't create an expectation that you are this person or that person. You are this great person or you are this humble person. Just know that you are all aspects. You have all aspects within you and that you can tap into and turn on whichever one is most appropriate in the most appropriate time. And then you'll never have this feeling of pain um, at loss of expectation because it's the expectation that's killing you. You know, if we identify with one aspect of ourselves and make that the end all, then we, um, are losing the other parts of ourselves that are beautiful and play so nicely in this paradigm of, of cuckoo crazy all around us. You know, there's, there's a different, I mean, women are very familiar with this. They put on different shoes all the time. First the mommy, then the girlfriend <clears throat> or the wife, the student, the uh, career woman, the, the employee. There, there's all these different shoes to fit into. So uh, they're very good at it. 
but let's not identify with anyone exclusively. Let's keep it broad. Maybe that's where empty nest syndrome comes from, is people exclusively identifying with being a mother or a parent. And then when the baby leaves to go to college, where's their identity? It's gone. It's gone. They can't parent if the kid's way out there, or they do try, and it's not very healthy situation. Mm. Bella got me, or I should say, this, um, she got me this, um, octopus for, um, Mother's Day. Yeah, for Mother's Day. And it's so sweet and yummy. It's a jelly cat. Jelly cat. And it's got these tendrils. You know, the legs on the octopus are curled and they bounce and they're soft. That's really awesome. Oh, so I've just been playing with that while I've been doing this podcast. So you've got the big picture here. Expectations are what are going to hurt you in the long run. Number two, you have many aspects within you. Allow them to all be who you are. Allow them all to have value and allow them all to have equal value at that. It's just as important to be able to follow as it is to lead. So that's what we're talking about today. And and then let's see. So we said um, it's important to be able to love all the aspects of yourself not have expectations and then just to be able to be present and take kindness wherever you go a lead a person does not have to be aggressive a lead person can be kind and loving um a follower does not have to be um humble to the point of like subservient no it can be someone who thinks and participates and stuff but ultimately know when to take a step back and just do what's asked of them pretty darn cool. So with all of that in mind, you know, I don't know where I'm at here. Ah, I don't know what happened, but my, um, my computer got really dim and I can barely see anything. That's okay though. I love you. I think you're wonderful. I want you to have a wonderful day and just curb the expectations. Bye now. Thank you for joining us on that happiness show. If you'd like more information or have questions, you can reach me at gemmafaset.com or 401-699-6142. Private sessions are available as well as retreats. It is time to wake up and learn to love yourself again. Thank you for listening. This is Gemma Fossett, host of That Happiness Show.